This podcast is brought to you by my company, DC Music. Uh, music publishing, music supervision, music education. Find out more at dannychampion.co.uk. Hello, and welcome back to the Behind the Music Business podcast. I am your host, Danny Champion. I am a music business consultant, uh, music publisher, and music educator. Uh, do check out my website, uh, www.dannychampion.co.uk or dcmusicpublishing.co.uk to find out more about me. This is my little podcast that I've been doing since 2018, uh, where I chat to a whole array of individuals from the music business uh, about their roles in the music business, about their motivations, about their journeys, and everything in between. This week's episode is all about songwriting uh, with professional songwriter Dee Adam. Um, I know Dee from my time at Peer Music. When I was the head of sync at Peer, she was one of the signed uh, songwriters at Peer. And it was an amazing conversation I had with her. Uh, Really appreciate her giving the time to talk to me about all things songwriting, about being a professional songwriter, about being a female songwriter producer in the industry at the moment. We talked about her process as a songwriter and a producer. Uh, We talked about many of the acts that she's currently working with. We talked about her relationship with the industry, how she got into it, and also her relationship with her publishers through the years, and a whole host of other things. Uh, It was a really interesting conversation uh, with a pro songwriter. So those of you out there that listen to this that are interested in this area, uh, take notes or just listen to it whilst you're on the bus. I'm going to shut up now because this introduction has taken me way too long to record. So here's my conversation with Dee Adam. Songwriting in a pandemic. I'll get I'll yeah. get I'll get all that stuff out of the way first. Um how how have you found the last year and a half? Really difficult. Yeah. But at the same time, um, I've, I'm kind of impressed with myself and the people that I work with that we've found a way that you know we've found a way to make it work because I think we're I think being creative not being creative sends you cuckoo Mm -hmm. so you have to find a way to make it work you know you have all these ideas and songs kind of like bubbling away under the surface and um so initially when we first started doing like the remote sessions i mean we're using things like audio movers and um with zoom and it was working great for everyone else but i'm now by the seaside out in whitstable and um where we live the internet is so pants like really it's so bad that it was like um how am I going to make this work you know so I had to find a way within the session where it might be that first of all I'd meet up with the artist on zoom have a cup of tea you know chat get to know them in the same way that I would mm-hmm. in a regular session in the studio yeah take a bit of time and do some digging and nosying and then um 
it would be maybe I'd start something on keys, but then the latency is awful. So we both kind of like go away for like half an hour and then reconvene with some ideas. And then once we had like the bare bones of what the, you know, what the chords and structure was going to be, um, we'd dig into the lyrics. That bit made no difference to me. Yeah. Um, being on Zoom, because I love, I love lyrics anyway. That's, I, I love writing lyrics. But it was like, um, it didn't matter that we weren't in the same room. We could still get the rapport, but it was at the, the hardest thing for me was getting the, the call, getting the chords without with the, the latency problem. <laughs> so, 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 so yeah. very quickly, you're, you attack songwriting and songwriting sessions in a very collaborative way. It would seem so. So if you, when you're in the room with another songwriter, it's it's like let's let's just jam on some stuff, let's just play around with some stuff and see what happens. You don't, you're not someone that that kind of separates things out and then comes together with ideas. I do loads of that as well, okay. but that that tends to be if I'm just top lining. If I'm the producer of the track and it's me and an artist and it's a collaborative, it needs to be a collaboration from from scratch. I think it's quite. I don't know. I think there's something to be said for going from scratch as opposed to, oh, I've just made this track. What do you think? Do you want to write a song over it? It's yeah. um, It works if I'm just top lining and I kind of don't know the person. So they okay. might say something and I'll, I'll top line. But if I'm the actual producer and I'm doing the track as well, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you need that connection. You need that bond. It's like, otherwise I'm just presuming they're going to, you know, want to do everything that I think they should be doing and I'm not listening. So I think the best, the key thing for me in songwriting is what I think I've developed over the years just to be a good listener. Right. So by going from scratch and me being so nosy, because I ask loads of questions <laughs> when we're in a session, but what I'm actually doing is is I'm researching. I'm trying yeah. to find out. So when, when it comes to the lyric part of the song or a concept idea, I know where their head's at you know I'm not like a million miles away from what they would or wouldn't sing or wouldn't wouldn't say okay so it's, um yeah but on the top line front if I'm top lining dance tracks which is what I've done loads of during um lockdown because it's been easy right they can actually send me a track I can write the the top line the lyrics have one of my amazing singers sing on it because my voice is crap and then um nine times out of ten we get the cut you know so that's been good on the dance front but my, my passion is is artists it always has been so okay. i want i, I love that connection you know? have you have you found during this last couple of years have you or year and a bit have you found certain people who have really excelled in this kind of remote way of working and certain people have have retracted i guess have i you see i think the artists that I really love collaborating with, there hasn't been that much of the remote stuff with them. Um, I think that's because we have a relationship. Yeah. This would feel weird. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's been really good for bedroom producers, you know. Um, but that's kind of it's, that's not really my my thing, mm -hmm. you know. So, but, um, if I'm honest, everyone I've spoken to is a bit down about right. it all, yeah, yeah, and yeah. finding it difficult. And they they have like bursts, and I have bursts. Where I go, oh, this is great because a, a, a Zoom session 
um, for songwriting is like three to four hours, whereas a regular session is all day. Yeah. But you end up with a great song at the end of a Zoom session, but everything is condensed. You know, everything is like, it's compressed. Mm-hmm. So you don't take as long to get to know people. You don't take as long to make it sound good because you're not in the same room. So right. you might deal with it. Um, and you come out of the session feeling absolutely knackered. Because <laughs> <laughs> so intense you know um but yeah so i think it's been good for certain things like i've been working with people that are in australia in canada you know yeah i was gonna um, i was gonna bring that up because i think talking talking to a few people a few managers as well is that they kind of they, they've seen the massive positive that's come out of this which is yeah this this idea of well when when things get back to normal we can do a bit of bit of both there's not as much stigma attached to the remote working, and which means that it opens up working with people in Australia and America and Canada and not having to go out there. But at the same exactly. time, if you want to, you still can. It's kind of you've got the best of both worlds moving it's true. forward. What's really weird, I think, um, I think being a songwriter anyway, you're quite emotional, you're quite in tune with your emotions. You know, that kind of... Um, you're, you're kind of if you're in a session and say you and I now I can see your eyes but we're not actually making eye contact so that's the key thing for me with writing when that right. when you're in the someone you've got them you've got direct eye contact you can read them you know what they're what they're actually feeling or or, or the kind of like mood how they're sitting and stuff like that but you've also got their energy in the room right half the song at the end of the day like the, the energy and the vibe is what makes the song in you know that's your yeah, connection yeah, yeah. with that song so um i'm excited to do that again because I, I i truly believe that i've written some really good songs in lockdown you know with, with various people mm-hmm. so i'm excited to see what we do out of lockdown because these are people i've never met before i've never met them in person yeah, yeah, yeah. seen them on the screen so um I'm really excited to like sort of feel their energy in the room, you know, when we're, when we're writing and um, yeah. And record things myself. That's been the biggest struggle for me being a producer as well. People sending me the vocals and things they're recording remotely. And I'm like, Oh mate, <laughs> this is two days to make it sound good. Not because their voices aren't amazing, but because they can't record properly, but obviously because they're, doing the best they can with what they've got but the actual so i'm spending like hours and eqing all these funny little glitches out and you know their auntie making a cup of tea in the background and all this kind of stuff which you know on certain tracks might add a certain quality Mm -hmm. you know but trying to do one of these ballads and it's basically piano vocal (laughs) you've got all this stuff going on um and, and like really crap mics. My thing through lockdown, um, if I was going to give artists a sort of tip, if it happens again, is go and buy a, buy a bloody decent mic. Right. You know, so when you're sending your vocals through, we can actually use them on a record because I can fix it this end, but uh, there's certain things I can't, I'm not, you know, I'm not Jesus. I can't do <laughs> everything. Oh no, it's only so much. So, um, that that was it really but I, I on on a positive note you know i'm really proud of a lot of the artists that i do work with that have 
made that effort to to do a setup and to try and you know get the yeah, best yeah. they can got so it, you know um it's not necessarily a moan it's just a oh god that took me a long time to fix that vocal yeah you know, moment <laughs> i thought but again there's there's I, I i desperately try and keep that that positive look, outlook on this side of things it's you know it's it's performers have have got better at the kind of the recording producing side of things even if it's not perfect they've it, it they've become they've needed to become more self-sufficient and yeah. you know there, there's been a the stigma attached to to doing this sort of thing you know when i when i started this um i was going to be going in and out of london and i was trying desperately hard to fit as many conversations with people in person into the two days i was in london and i was never really thinking about doing it remotely and i've been forced into doing it remotely which means yes when i am in london i'll try and meet up with a couple of people for this but i can do this online yeah. as easily if not easier so there's you know and i i live in bristol now just outside of bristol now and you like to think that you know flexi time working for parents and things like that all that sort of stuff there's there's so many little positives fingers crossed to come out of what has been quite a a difficult time definitely there's loads loads of positive things that have come out this mostly good songs and i hope like new relationships and friendships with people that you know i may not have met you know um had it not been for remote sessions. But um, yeah, I'm still hyped about getting in the room. I think I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm done, I'm over it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, over, I'm over the Zoom sessions now. And I think it'll be nice that they're actually an occasion rather than the norm. So it's like, oh, we're doing a Zoom next week, you know, <laughs> rather than I'm actually gonna see a person in two weeks time, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, I think the key thing for me with those sessions, I think what kept me um, going, really, because I, I did find it really hard at first, was um, interaction with my publisher and management. That you know, I've, I've had lots of um, Zooms with them and phone calls. Um, you know, I do a meeting every week with my publisher and my management. Um, and that's just been great. And it's just a touch base moment. Yeah, and we, we have like a half hour or 45 minute meeting and it kind of, I, it, it's really helped me still feel connected to what I do because you feel a bit alienated, especially when you're kind of on your own and you're kind of doing production as well because it's another, it's a whole different head, yeah. you know, than, than songwriting sometimes. So um, that's that's been brilliant. That's really helped me through. It's, uh, I, can, I can relate to that from teaching online. 100% online for the past year and a bit um, you kind of you know you're, you're you're technically in a class with 10 15 20 students but you're not they're not necessarily engaged that much so you feel quite isolated and I, I hadn't I didn't get that once a week catch up with my with the, the powers that be at the university and stuff so you, you do feel quite quite distant at times yeah, I mean, they've, they've been amazing. It's just hearing those words of like, what can we do to make this better? Nice. What do you need? Yeah. And you're, oh, 
someone's hearing me that's that's good you know and it just kind of um it was like a little burst of um sort of energy that i'd get or i do i still we would carry that on anyway so it's um that's been really really helpful really helpful and just certain um certain collaborations that you do that you think well that's actually there's one guy in Canada I've done loads of songs with. He's just like singer-songwriter guy, brilliant guitarist and vocalist. And that's been such an outlet emotionally for both of us just to write this like collection of songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've just, we've, we've only met each other once um, when he was over here a few years ago, but we've formed this like amazing friendship and written about 12 songs, I reckon. But just... Um, that's been lovely. It's kind of like, oh, great! I'm going to see Michael tomorrow. <laughs> sort of like, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think that I don't think there's a bad song amongst the ones that we've written. They're cool. all part of the journey that we've both been on, you know, through this whole experience. And during that time, um, I've adopted twin girls, so I'm a mummy now, and his partner has just um, become pregnant. So we've had all the we've gone on all these journeys together. That's yeah, been yeah. amazing. You mentioned your management company, you mentioned your publisher. I want to swing back around to talk a bit about them. Um, How, why and when did you get into songwriting? Wow. I've always written songs, even when I was the twins' age. Literally, my dad, um, my dad's actually a fashion designer. He's very creative, and plays guitar. Um, so we used to make up songs about members of the family, like joke songs. So my dad would be on guitar, and I, I guess I learned about crescendos, rhyming. You know, all these things very young, right. uh, like the basic stuff. And I always. Um, love poetry as well so um i wrote lots of poetry when i was at school and when i was about 14 um one of my friends big um big sisters let me borrow her um it was an sh101 roland keyboard (laughs) um and i was just making all these weird noises in, in my bedroom and that's kind of what led to me um getting into the production side as well so i was you see, I'm quite, even now, I'm not a brilliant like pianist or anything, but I play keys. So I kind of learned to put the words together with the music myself. Everything yeah. was in my bed on a little Atari STE, or that's old. Um, and I just learned everything on Cubase initially. Um, and that was it. From I've never not done it. So I had jobs away. And then it was when I signed my... I was working for my dad's company and then I, um, he gave me a bit of an ultimatum. It's like, are you going to carry on with the family business or what are you going to do? And I was like, I really want to do music. I was like, give me six months. If I don't get a publishing deal, I'll, um, I'm all yours basically. So was it always writing songs for others and, and get a publishing deal? It was never, let me get, no, give me six months and I'll get a record deal and I'll be up on that stage. I didn't want to be an artist, but what did happen in three months is I got offered a record deal, which, and I wasn't out to be an artist. 
but the girl that I teamed up with, so we were like a writing team, she had an amazing voice and I was like doing all the music and, and lyrics and stuff. And um, we got offered a record deal and I was a bit like, instead of that full of excitement that people should get, I was just like, had this big sinking feeling of like, okay. oh my oh my God, I don't want to be, I don't want to be an artist, you know. And funnily enough, the um, before the deal was signed, um, the person that was signing us, who I won't name, was fired. So we didn't actually physically get the deal. But the publishing company that was interested in us basically said, well, regardless of that, we really love what you're doing and want, want to offer you a publishing deal. So it was that whole thing of being a writer, which is what I wanted to do. So it all worked out in the end in a weird way, you know. Um, how much, how, at that time, how much were you aware of kind of the background of the music industry? You said that you were, you wanted to be a writer, you didn't really want to be an artist, but you obviously were doing some level of performing at that time. Were you, were you clued up on labels, was, publishers, and that's why you were, you were kind of, no, that's, that's what I want, not. Not I was that. totally clued up because I used to run a fanzine when I was at school, uh, a music fanzine. So I was interviewing lots of musicians uh, and going to many, many gigs from being like 13. And then um, ITV heard about this thing I was doing and they, they stuck me and my friend that I was doing it with on like a TV show thing. Where they sort of showed us working on the magazine. And I was talking about how, you know, the reason I started the magazine was because of how much I loved music and it was to help me learn more about what I wanted to do in the music business. So I was kind of quite, quite clued up in that way. And I'd, I was dealing with record companies and publishers and management because I needed to speak to those people to interview the, the artists. artists. That I was. Yeah. So I was kind of, you know, pretending I was a lot older than I was going to these gigs. I was 13, I was 13 years old and I interviewed like some quite famous people, but Amazing. I was made up like, 18 <laughs> but it was yeah it was um yes yeah, so I was just always kind of involved my cousin who's um a bit older than me was in a band so I'd be at those gigs all the time and I just loved I'd just be listening to the sound and you know the lyrics and the chords and I didn't have that desire to be the artist on the stage even though even though I did do some performing um it just it just wasn't wasn't my thing you know I was all about what was going on behind it mm -hmm. you know what actually made the song in the first place so and did you did you feel that the way that you wrote songs and the way that you created really worked much better for you know being prolific you know writing more songs uh, than you probably would have done if you were if you were an artist you know doing the the kind of the write songs album cycle type thing it's a weird thing because i think the reason that i relate really well to artists is because i think like an artist so what tends to happen if you look at a lot of the like my repertoire if you like i generally have a minimum of two but sometimes up to seven or eight songs on one artist project so i kind of love that part of it rather i, I don't sort of have loads and loads of cuts all over the place it tends to be concentrated on that artist project so mm -hmm. for that period of time i'm completely in their world in their head you know in their you know i'm, I'm listening to stuff that, that, that they're influenced by and i'm yeah. obviously bringing in 
influences as well. Um, but initially, when I first started, I have to say that doing the, the jobbing songwriter thing and doing sessions every day with lots of different people is exhausting. And I've got a lot of energy, but it's actually, it's not physically exhausting, it's mentally exhausting. Um, and I get annoyed sometimes when uh, publishers and managers send artists to me that have literally been doing back-to-back -back sessions over months and then they come to me, they've got nothing to, to write about. You know, you talk to them about um, what, what, should we, what should we write about today? And they're like, I've got nothing left, literally, you know, and it, that's so really that sad. Stuff, that stuff still happens? That they're, oh, kind of, that they're kind of just farmed out to write as often as as much as possible it's kind of my my my, my advice to because i work with lots of up-and-coming artists because that is my passion my advice is don't um don't allow that to happen you know make sure you're living as well as writing because otherwise you've got nothing to write about but if, <laughs> if all you're doing is writing songs all you're going to write about is writing songs so uh, even with me, you know, where it's been really intense at certain periods, I've had to go, well, I just need a couple of days. I just need a couple of days where I'm not necessarily having a day off. It might be me just finishing off some productions or something. Mm -hmm. it, it It's so important to be able to do your research, to be able to read, to be able to watch films, to be with your friends, to be nosy, ask loads of questions to have something to write about mm. otherwise people know when it's not real they know you know that's the difference i think between a good song and a crap song <laughs> yes half the time what so what so, so what what is your your creative process then you said that you much prefer working on projects with people we talked a little bit at the beginning um mm. about you know you having your your cup of tea uh sessions with your, with people that you've just met to get to know them a bit more. Um, so kind of talk me through a little bit about the way that you work with. So if you were, if I was bringing you a new, a new artist, how, yeah. how would that go? How would that go about? If we were going to be in a studio, I, we'd have a cup of tea, <laughs> right? you know, it would be really chilled, really relaxed. They'd ask questions. Hopefully they'd ask me questions. Um, we'd have a listen to some of the stuff that, they want me to hear because what the publisher and the record label send isn't necessarily what the artist is feeling. So that always can um, be quite awkward when you say, oh, I've been listening to your, to your music. And they'll go, what did they send? And they'll go, blah, blah, blah. And they'll go, no, oh my God, please don't listen to that. So I've made a rule now that I don't listen um, to okay. any, I, I might one song so I can hear what their vocals like and then I put it away and I forget about it that might be the song that's made me go oh there's something really interesting there let's do a session you mm -hmm. know but I don't go deep into it I save that for the session um I, that automatically makes the artist feel relaxed because they're listening to things that they want you to hear um and that the, it's obvious that the session is then focused on them as an artist as opposed to Oh, I've written with this one. I've written with that one. I've written with this one, which I think can be a bit intimidating, especially for a new artist. Yeah. yeah. So um, hopefully they'd have received a one sheet from my team, so they might know that I've done those things. But we don't necessarily have to talk about it. I get a bit embarrassed anyway, you know. So um, focused on them, focused on on what they need, and um, and nine times out of ten, from those conversations, 
before we've finished our tea, we might even have a title or at least a vibe of what we want to write about, you know, because we're, we're getting to know each other. Yep. Um, yep. If the artist plays, I always give them free run of, you know, keys or I've got guitars here or whatever. Um, if not, I'll start messing around with some chords and, um, and just see what, what feels nice for them, for me. It's just, it's just. I, t I try it for it to be quite chilled and just um, artist focused, and um, hopefully my experience can guide the session in a way where if I th feel something isn't quite strong enough, I can do that in a really gentle way, where they don't feel like I've completely whitewashed their idea. But some, you know, I'm, I'm there for a reason. I have yeah. to make sure it's yeah. a certain level, you know. So, do you have? bits and pieces that you're always working on that you bring into sessions so if an artist comes into you and kind of says i'm working on something that's you know at this tempo or that's got this this vibe to it you know it's downbeat it's upbeat whatever have you got kind of things that you're noodling around with in the background to kind of go well i've been playing around with this what do you think and then kind of go from there or do you try and come at it from a completely blank slate each time I've, I've got backup, but that I would only fall on that as a last resort. I, I try to do everything on the spot, really. You know, um, even if it takes longer, it doesn't matter. It's mm -hmm. just about it, it feeling right. But I've, you know, if they've been sent to me, they've been sent to me because, you know, the publisher or the label or management think would be a good combination, which means that we, we might be in a similar lane. So I'm, there'll be something that I can yeah, pull yeah. out of my, my drive. I've always got like loads of concepts and lyric ideas because I don't stop writing. I can't, it's like an illness. <laughs> I'm always writing ideas for songs now. Illness, I shouldn't say that. It's a, it's a gift. How, how many, out of curiosity, if, yeah. if you just, if you said, right, I'm going to take a year off from working with other people, but I'm still going to write songs, how many songs do you reckon you'd write in a year? I think I'd probably still do about three, about three a week. Okay. Um, I do don't think, like... Do you, I was going to say, do you think that's about par for the course for someone who has your job, I guess? You know, a, a professional songwriter, producer, you need to be, you know, that's the kind of sort of level that you should be at? Or... I don't put a number on it. I think when I speak to other writers, I tend to write a lot more than other people. Okay. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. I think... Um... I think it's your thing. And that it's, it's not about being good or bad. It's I'm, I'm always curious because I work with a lot of, you know, 18, 19-year-old songwriters. And, yeah. and I'm kind of... And I'm trying to, I guess, inform them about the the nature of songwriting, that it's not necessarily the artistic thing that they're thinking of, that you pour your every inch of yourself into. Because when I say, can you write three songs a week? Can you write four songs a week? A lot of them kind of jump back because they say, yeah, how long does a song take you? Oh, it can take me six, eight months to finish it. Okay, all right. Well, what about, you know, you, you are a songwriter. You have the, you understand the mechanics of a song. Now, if you, if you removed 
you know your so your heart and soul from from that so I'm not so suggesting never do that at all could you could you be more prolific and and some yeah, of them I get think... it some of them don't and it's that idea of understanding the you know it's the, a yeah it's, it's a balance i think if you if you look at what i do do so last week i wrote five songs um three of them are dance tracks i can't say, tell you honestly that i put my heart and soul into a dance track i have a good little i have a little dance in the studio <laughs> do you know what i mean i might myself a little glass of something and um you know i end up with some really cool dance tunes but that to me is like I need to do that as well because that balances it out. So when the other two that I did, which are heart wrenching, pull everything out of your body yep. songs, that all the time, I'd, I'd probably be in the priory, you know. <laughs> so you've got to get that right. Yeah. So yeah, it's important for me as well to remember that you know I love my my job, I love what I do, and it, it is fun as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like you know I, I try to balance that out a little bit, and yeah. the dance. No, it's not your heart and soul, but. I am proud of some of the tracks I've had. I've had some pretty decent ones that have done really well. And it's like, um, it's a good feeling to see people like closing their eyes with their, looking up to the sky to a dance track, you know, and like just letting, it yeah. serves its purpose in a different way. So that's what, you know? Yeah, but, and, that, and that's, you, kind of, you know, you, you, you mentioned balance. It's the, if you've got that skill of writing songs, writing top lines, putting lyrical ideas together, there's so many different ways that you can, that you can engage with that skill. You you can pour your heart and soul into into a, a, a gut wrenching thing that needs to get out, or you can have fun <laughs> with it yeah. and and do something that's really kind of that actually is light hearted, but is never it's not any less creatively important. Yeah, exactly. It, it's a, it's just a different emotion and it's actually the emotion of joy which as songwriters we do struggle with a bit because we can be a little bit self-indulgent but i'm actually allowing myself the joy <laughs> these days and just going well why not you know it's, they're doing really well they're, they're paying my bills you know they're making people happy yeah. spaces it's like it's not it's not a problem but i think when you i'm not an artist so although i may think like an artist when I'm on their projects at the end of the day I'm not I don't have to sing these same songs over and over and over for the rest of my performing years mm -hmm. um, once I've written them as much as I love them they're gone they're not mine I'm on to the next thing but as an artist it's very very different and I do appreciate that but I, I even say to artists you know sometimes give yourself a break right for someone else for a couple of weeks you know and have a little break off your projects you're still using your skill set you know but it's you, you'll actually be less precious and you'll probably end up with something that gets cut you know because it's it's something where you're not like thinking oh my god it's never good enough i have to still change that and i have to still change this and it's a really good exercise i think just to say to your publisher or manager could i do a couple of sessions writing for other people and it just takes that pressure off, but keeps you in tune with what you do. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> How big's your catalogue? Do you know? Don't want to know, babe. <laughs> <laughs> you've got you've got to bear in mind. I mean, Jesus, I've been writing for a lot of years. Um, it's got to be a couple of thousand. Must be, maybe more. 
I don't know. How big is my catalogue that I would use? That's the question. Yeah, I guess, I guess if, you know, how, how big's the released Oh, release versus the you know, the 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 music that you've that you've created and gone. Uh, I think we'll, well, we'll we'll leave that one on the hard drive for now. Exactly. Uh, well, as releases, I mean, there's way over a hundred and something, I suppose. Um, maybe more because of a lot. I do a lot of the dancing at the mm -hmm. moment during lockdown. I think I don't know how many cuts I've had, but. It's been quite a few. Are you ever, do you, you know, um, you've, you mentioned having your uh, discussions with your publisher and your management company. Do you, mm -hmm. do you have sort of, do you have targets and goals that you set yourselves when it comes to number of cuts and people that you want to work with? Do you gonna go? Do you get them to go after certain artists and things like that? Kind of how does how does that side of of your career work? I think my cut ratio is is pretty decent. So. We don't really focus on numbers, um, but the, it is—it's is about certain people I'd like to work with. I, I love new up-and-coming artists, but obviously there's obviously some established ones that um, I'd still like to work with. Mm -hmm. um, so we do—that's what we do in our meetings. We talk about these and which ones are realistic. You know, which ones we can make happen. Um, it's and it's bizarre because it's all down to especially with the up and coming people um it's I, th I think compared to a lot of other writers i'm not in one lane i never have been right I've, I, you know, i'm a female producer basically in, in itself that's a little bit different i'm mm -hmm. hopefully different these days but you know when i started out there weren't any you know i my i was influenced by kate bush who else would I'd be influenced by, you know, it was, um, so it's kind of, um, and obviously I, I do full track production, but I also top line, I do vocal production, I do full production. And it's kind of, it's quite difficult for people to put me in a pigeonhole. So I, right. it, it's, which is good, but it can be um, a pain sometimes because it's, it can be quite unclear, but I don't want to, um, change what I do because that's what keeps it alive for me as well yeah, yeah. you know how much of of the projects that you're bringing in are you saying I want to work with this go and make it happen how much you, you've mentioned research already you know, yeah. you're doing your own research and whether that's okay I've got a session coming in I'm going to research into that person. And you've also said that you really like working with and you're really keen on working with up and coming and new artists. So how much, and I know that you're fairly involved in kind of A&R artist development of a few artists as well, but you know, how, yeah, how much time and energy are you spending on keeping an eye, keeping an ear on the stuff that's bubbling under the surface that, you know, those DIY acts you're going, I really, yeah. really like what I'm hearing from that, you know, that Bandcamp account of that person who's doing their own stuff. I wish I could get my hands on on, on their stuff because to, to just tidy it up a bit, to just, you know, it's a bit rough around the edges at the moment. I'd love to work with them. How much of that is coming from you and how much of that is coming from your from those who are, who are representing you? I have to be honest, during, like, generally loads, you know, but during lockdown, less. I think I was just really, I had so much to cope with yeah. of 
trying to adapt to this new way um that I was kind of just working on what I knew initially That's which fair. was playing it a little bit safe which I don't generally do but I kind of had I think you know. I think yes during a pandemic I think playing it safe is probably the best way best course of action <laughs> but then in our meetings last week um we made a list of people that we thought would be um, really cool my my publisher which is Buddha publishing of uh merged with phrase differently so I had a meeting with the team and it was really great actually because it's quite interesting to see what they think would be good with you knowing like what I've been handing in and then um, some really interesting stuff came back and it was spot on so that was really cool mm -hmm. um some great artists um a little bit of the dance stuff but a bit more selective um and likewise with my um management team you know there's um a few cool artists that they've recently signed which would naturally be good matches with me but which is coincidence really mm -hmm. but so just working out those um, when to put those in the diary and where and to do them in person as well which would be amazing but um yes a, a lot of time goes into that it really really does and also do you know that the key thing as well what i try not to do is i try not to look what my peers are working on because that just makes me depressed um, okay so i've got this I, I'm not really interested in what other people are doing and I, I don't mean that in a cocky or rude way but I think there's so much pressure on you to have you know you know you're asking me the question about the, how many cuts and stuff I just don't put that on myself right and I find by not putting that on myself I get loads you know but it's kind of as soon as I start looking that my friends who or, or my music friends who I've actually really to help develop their songwriting thing and they're working with that artist that I should be working with, it gets messy yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. just good for your soul. So I just kind of, hopefully my management and publishers are doing that for me, which they are. So I can just like be looking through Instagram, that's really cool, that was a good sound like that, mention it and then let them run with it, you know. Um, where, do you, think, where do you go to find new stuff? So putting your A&R hat on, Mm, uh, Spotify. Uh, you just find yourself going down Spotify holes and yeah, and like also uh, Instagram as well. You know, most of my followers and most of my people that I follow are in the music business, and there's always something that floats around. And also, just working with um, one thing I will say about this generation of artists is they're very generous. If I work with someone, they'll say, "Oh, do you know so and so? You'd write, you'd work so well with them." Um, and that's really nice yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. So that kind of comes quite naturally. Um, but as far as like, yeah, I'm, I am looking for one more artist development thing at the moment, but I'm not sure what it is yet. I'll know when I hear it. Right. Know, yeah. So it's, 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 you know that you want to work with something, but you haven't found what you want to work with yet. Well, the artist development thing is long haul, you know, like yeah. um, it's, it's, it's not, months it's five seven eight years of graft you know because you're going from the bottom up hopefully yep. so it's a big it's a big deal it's a, it's a lot of your time how'd you find that how'd you find that stuff i i i love it um because i feel like you know we're it's amazing when you know the cuts start happening you know or the gigs start getting bigger you know it it's kind of um 
it's a wonderful journey to see that progression and especially you know with if it's your project and obviously i have like a production company so i sign them to my production company you know you've got no record companies breathing down your neck saying about oh make it sound like whatever make it sound <laughs> like this and then you, you go in and they go whoa this is really fresh and it's like well that's because you haven't told me what to do and you've actually just let us make something that's fresh you know so um that's the buzz really and yeah. seeing the kind of and that you sit in there in an A&R meeting and they're like this is really bloody good like there isn't anything like this at the moment you know and it's I don't know that's that's just it's as, as big a buzz as charting or yeah you know me and, and that, that side that side of things for you that's that's less you know you know you're not their manager you're you're working with them you're you're honing their skills you're getting them better at being in a studio at... you actually are the manager if you're doing it properly you're everything you're the label you're the publisher you're the manager until you can find for, in my case until i can find someone that can match my my input mm -hmm. We don't have a manager for the project at the moment because we've done everything ourselves and it's kind of um, when we have met with a few that it's just not been the right connection not necessarily from my point of view but from the artist's point of view so you are everything you know but it's um it's not a controlling everything it's just because you are i guess 50 percent of the creation mm -hmm. you know? and it's just kind of um I'm hoping, I mean, with one artist that I've been developing, we're, we're ready, we are ready. And I will need someone to come in and do the management side, even though I'll, I'll still be creative manager, but someone to do like the business side. It's just finding that right, that right person. Yeah, yeah. Um, or be a team, I don't know. Um, but it's, um, yeah, you have to be all of those things and the parent and the best friend, <laughs> you know, and the, and the, and the shrink everything you know because it's a it's a big old journey yeah, yeah. You know. what's what have been your relationships like with publishers over the years and what do you look for in those relationships when you work together you know I, um we first met when you were uh, part of the roster at Peer. Um, yeah. You uh, have moved on to Imargum um, after that. And did you say you were with somebody else now? I'm with Buddha now. With with Buddha now. So you've you've had you've you've got you've got experience working with different publishers with different ideas, different cultures as well so what what is it you look for uh, when you're when you're uh, working with a publisher and what are they what are they kind of selling you i guess i think i i really feel like i've been really blessed with my publishers all of them like my first publishing deal was with bmg and although i didn't like being part of that big corporate thing um my actual a r was brilliant who then went on to be my manager um, when we, when I left BMG, I signed with Peer. Yep. Then uh, recouped there. Then went to Imagine, recouped there, and now I'm with um, Buddha. So it's kind of like um, what's, the, but they've all got something in common, and it's that one-to-one -one thing. Like Richard Holly at Peer was really good with me. 
Yeah. You know, he would, um, we would go out and do our catch ups, you know, um, meet for dinner or he'd invite me to gigs of people that I might not have known and things like that. So he was, he was brilliant publisher. Um, when I was at Imagine, uh, Kim Frankiewicz, who is like the, um, head lady there, boss lady, amazing. She was again, brilliant. Like I still speak with her now, you know, um, for advice and stuff. She's yeah. a wonderful person. I think what the, what, what I looked for is after being with BMG, I realized that the, um, the indie mentality suited me as a individual, mm-hmm. uh, as a writer, if I was an artist, it might've been a bit different, you know, I don't know, but as a writer, I felt, um, I felt a little bit special at each of those publishing companies because I, I guess I am a little bit different from a lot of female songwriters, um, or I was, I mean, thankfully things are changing. So, um, it's that one-to-one attention to detail and just being heard. And it only has to be a, a call a week even, but just, I speak to my friends and they didn't even know their publisher's name. You know, they don't, they don't have any, any kind of rapport with them. Right. Whereas if you feel like you're part of this team, you know, and you're, you're going for the same things together and that they've got your back, that you're, you're heard, you're, you're put with the right collaborations because the wrong collaborations can knock your confidence so much mm-hmm. that you can actually start doubting your, your talent, you know, so sometimes people think, oh, that'd be interesting. We'll put this one with that one. And it's so wrong, you know, and, and it, it can floor people because we're, we're a sensitive bunch. So I think, I think we all kind of need to feel um, just a bit understood and cared for a little bit. Cause it is, a, it is quite a, it's a tough old business. You're going to get rejected on a daily basis, aren't you? Not everyone's going to like your music. It's, you know. it's, a, it's a strange one, that, isn't it? Because music is so subjective. It's one person's favourite song could be somebody else's least favourite song. Exactly. And so you've got to, you've, it, there's, there's, a, there's an element of having a bit of thick skin that just because somebody says something doesn't, mean, doesn't make it a, you know, a fact, it's an opinion. Exactly. And that has to go a long way. Out of curiosity, um, from kind of more of a contractual uh, relationship, do you have you kind of gone through the industry wanting to to work with different people or has kind of moving on to the next thing kind of just happened naturally as, as you've gone on i think it's happened quite naturally um you know as in you know when when a when a deal comes to its end and and you've recouped have you actually have you kind of gone i, I want to move on because i want to try something new or you know what what are the reasons for you kind of progressing me, in the way that you have have done uh, me leaving peer initially wasn't my my choice okay. my manager and um somebody at peer i'm not going to mention any names they clashed and right. i just felt in the middle like i was kind of like um handling their relationship rather than my career so it was i had a really good chat with peer and they, they really understood they did want me to stay and i, I would have stayed had that relationship not have been like that with um imagine when i uh when i left there they were being bought out by concord and it was um right at a time where everything was really unsure we didn't know 
you know, if yeah. it was going to work out, or even if that deal was going to happen. So um, I left there. And so, I, I, you know, I came and I really felt like I needed a new start as yeah, well, yeah. like something different. Um, yeah, but I guess, I guess the, for, for, for those songwriters out there looking for that, that publishing relationship, it's you, you sometimes leaving just happens because as you put it, you know, the person who signs you isn't, isn't there anymore. Sometimes it's the company that you're working for is being bought out. It, yeah. There's so many different reasons for, for, for keeping the wheels moving forward rather than, rather than staying put. And it's not yeah. necessarily a bad thing. No, I, you know, I stayed up here for a long time initially, you know, um, you know, not, you know, past my first contract, mm -hmm. you know, sort of, um, yeah, I think that, um, it is, it, I say, I should, this is, do I say this? I should say this, but that key man clause or key person clause is really important for a writer sometimes. You know, because when that person goes, and that did happen to me at Amarja, my the lady that signed me, not Kim, the, the actual A and R, who was amazing, left two months after signing me. And as much as I had wonderful people there, they weren't the people that were passionate enough to have like given me the deal in the first place. And yeah, yeah. The person that signed me really got me, and that's why I chose um, Emergent over. I had about three other offers at that time. And I chose them and I felt pretty like pretty low at that point. Like I, I kind of didn't quite know what I was doing. And yeah. as long as everybody else was, I, I didn't really have an allocated person that was consistent. Um, whereas, at, you know, at Buddha, um, Seth is my, um, my guy and, and um, JPL as well, who's, who's there quite a lot. And um I'm, I'm definitely heard and I'm looked after. I know I just need to speak to Seth, you know, cool. so it's not all these different things. That's really important because you, you do, you need some kind of clarity as to who your person is, because you, you might love my music, you know, but the person you, you work with might just think, oh my God, not more of that crap. It's a tough you know, one. I, I, I do a lot of, of lecturing and teaching in and around contracts, trying to kind of, you know, not going too deep into them but kind of trying to, to instill a little bit of knowledge and understanding of what the clauses mean and what the relationships between the two. And I, off, I, I talk a lot about, you know, this idea of should a songwriter, should an artist be able to cancel, to terminate a contract if the person who signed them isn't there anymore? Because, you know, it's that idea of that person is the, is the reason why I'm here. Yeah. You don't want me anymore. So or that person is no longer here, make sure that, that, <laughs> that there's someone who wants me or surely you should be able to, to terminate the contract quicker because yeah. it's not in anybody's best interest for, for that relationship to move forward. I always give that advice to new people when they're looking at publishing deals about the key man thing, having been stung by that. Um, but I think as well, the other thing that I found really pressurising in my early, you know, when I first started out, was a hundred percent of X amount of songs, blah, and I was just like, whoa, you know, because especially these days, and with you know the fact that sampling has come on so far, you know, from when all these contracts were initially made, it's like, just give me X amount of money, you know, when I've recouped that amount of money, 
and everybody's happy, let's move on to the next level. Because this this thing about it, it makes writing sessions really awkward where mm -hmm. you've got like, you know, I, I wanted to write with someone recently who obviously has that kind of deal. And they were, you know, because I play keys, but because I don't play guitar and they only like to write with guitar and they would want their guitarist in the session, we couldn't do the session because they have to have 50% of the publishing. And I was just like, well, we just won't do the session and forget to leave it. You know, it's just that silly, you know, but I get why, because obviously in their deal, they've got to have such a huge percent of their own record. Um, so that kind of, it, and it makes it a bit tense in sessions, all of that stuff, where if it's just money related, you just recoup, you know, on, on, on a final level so do you when, when you're going into a session very very quickly on this when you're going into a session are you are you just really simple like there's two of us everything's split down the middle it's yeah. it's not it's nothing that there's no kind of games going on or anything no. like that time that might change is when i've got certain relationships with certain artists where i do the lion's share always and I take a slightly higher percentage because they are incredible performers, but not necessarily so great at writing. So we have a little understanding. That's a separate. But it's prearranged. You, you've it's you've pre gone into that relationship with that understanding. That hasn't yeah, happened. I, that hasn't happened after the fact. You haven't gone. Well, I think uh, you're fine. I did. I did more of the legwork here. I didn't used to do that, Dan. Um, but there's just a particular situation that i'm in where it's in the dance world where with a couple of artists where they've got amazing voices and but they're still very young and there are the, the actual level of writing that they need for those tracks they're not there yet yeah. so actually i write it pretty much and they, I, I bit, you know but that works and that i wouldn't do that in an artist situation well there's um, but there's no there's no rule in that Place, is there is that there's there's not there's not a formula somewhere that says you have to do this or you have to do that and it's a sliding scale and and the relationships are different depending on who you're working with if somebody wants to bring you in there, yeah. there should always be certain stipulations to bring you in and those stipulations might change depending right. on the level that everybody is at stuff like that but that's 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 the nature of the business side of things generally in a, in a writing situation for an artist, I just everything is equal. Yeah. It would probably be said that I'm very generous in that situation, especially if they're new artists. But you know, I'm I, I'm always looking at the bigger picture. I'm always thinking, well, it's okay. I I don't I don't struggle with writing songs. I'll just write another one tomorrow. <laughs> That's how I think in my head. Yeah. It's kind of, because I try not to be too precious about it. But with the dance stuff, because it's I do the dance stuff as a, you know, I think the dance stuff really is my bread and butter money, you know, mm -hmm. so I have to think in a very different way about that yeah. and how yeah, I it's do. a job after all. Yeah, that <laughs> I do on a um, artist project, but um, yeah, I always just go, there's four people in the room, there's 25 each, or yeah. there's two people in the room. Um, and it seems to, it seems to work. I haven't had, haven't had any complaints. <laughs> Uh, what's what should we be keeping an eye out for? What 
what new artists should we be keeping a, an ear out for that has you credited as a songwriter and what what are you most looking forward to moving into the into the into the new year apart from your being being mum to your two twin daughters um release wise what do we have we have as I said, there's quite a lot of dance stuff because of lockdown. So I've got some some stuff with TS7. Um, I've got some stuff with Ferric Dawn. Um, I think more stuff released. I'm just trying to go through the cuts. Um, Adelphi Music Company, Holophonic. Yeah, that's there's loads mm -hmm. of dance. Artist-wise, um, who to look out for? Michael Fitzgerald, Canadian singer-songwriter, absolutely amazing. Another singer-songwriter from Canada called Ariel. How do you spell um, that? A-R-I-E-L. -A um, some amazing tunes with my own artist, Reigns, R-E-I-G-N-S. Um, who's featuring on quite a few dance tracks at the moment, but we, we've been doing that to build up some momentum ready for her own stuff, which we've been creating through lockdown, which has been pretty cool. Cool. Um, so many. Iola, I-I-O-L-A. More stuff coming out with her. Um, loads then. Loads yeah, and loads. Loads of stuff. Busy, I mean, busy, busy. I have been, but yeah, so we'll see what... Um, what else happens but yeah that's the stuff i'm kind of i've been pretty excited about amazing thank you so much for for talking to me today Dee. really really appreciate you yeah putting up with my technical issues and jumping nice. on the call a bit later than 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 first thought anytime if you um want to ask me anything just give me a chat Massive thank you there to Dee for chatting with me over Zoom. Um, she had to put up with a few technical difficulties my end, but we got there in the end. Um, if you would like to get in touch with me at all, as I said at, at the top, go to my website, dannychampion.co.uk. Um, if you're interested in the publishing specifically, in the publishing side specifically, go to dcmusicpublishing.co.uk. You can also find DC Music Publishing on Instagram at DC Music Publishing. You can email me at behindthebusinesspod at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Danny Champion. And you can find me on Instagram at Dan M Champion. Uh, I've got a few more of these to come out before the end of the year. So come back in October if you're listening to these as they come out. If not, thanks again to Dee for chatting to me. Um, there'll be loads and loads of links to her stuff in the episode description. And thank you to all of you for listening. I'll speak to you later.